a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? The first thing I want to see in this passage is this. It's three small words in verse 35. It says this, let us go. Catch that part. We, we see, we talked about a few weeks ago that there was a moment that God put the disciples in a boat and sent them across the sea by themselves. And we see that the wind came and the storm came and battered the boat. But here in this text, we see this one word, us. That Jesus was with the disciples in the boat. Catch that. It's important to catch that as we move forward. That Jesus, he knows what's about to happen. If we believe that God, through Jesus, knows all things, does he not? He's sovereign and in control of all things. And so as much as we were caught by surprise on Wednesday morning at 645, it did not surprise our Lord Jesus Christ at all. Because why? He was with us. He knew what we were about to experience the same way he knew what the disciples were about to experience in a few moments. So the first thing we've got to wrap our hearts around this morning is that Emmanuel, God, is with us this morning. Amen? As we grieve, as we go through pain, God is with us. God isn't a far-off God watching us. God isn't a spectator in our pain. Do you see that in the passage? God, Emmanuel, is with us in our pain. He's taking us to our pain. He's in the boat. Then it says, they got into the boat. And this great storm, this great windstorm arose out of nowhere. You see that in the passage? Like they get into the boat and they look out of the sea and it looks like a beautiful day. A beautiful crisp evening. The sea is calm, the sea is still and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, chaos hits. Sound familiar to Wednesday morning? Sound familiar to when you get the doctor's report? Sound familiar to when the death happens? Sound familiar when uh, if you wake up and it looks like a great day and then you get the faithful phone call, the dreaded phone call. Chaos breaks out instantly, does it not? can't prepare for those moments, can we? Nor could the disciples. And yet we go back to God is with them in the boat, in the chaos. And they, they get frantic. It says this, that the waves were breaking into the boat, said that the boat was already being full. And that moment, like, it's not a gradual thing. Like, in that moment, the storm happens, and their boats begin to get full, and life seems like it's almost over. Anybody can relate to that. Anybody in the room, like, there it is. There's my life. There's your life. There's everyone's life in the room. There's that moment that it happens, and it feels overwhelming. I, I can't keep going. 
And then it says this, which is amazing to me. But where was the Prince of Peace? He was in the front of the boat on a cushion, asleep. Did you see that? Like in all the chaos, the Prince of Peace is in one of the most peaceful, vulnerable places you can be, asleep. But that's why I still sleep with a light on. I'm terrified of the dark. Add that to a list. So you put a horse and me in the dark, I'm going to panic. But here it is. Jesus, Emmanuel, with them in the chaos is where? In a very peaceful, vulnerable place. Asleep in the boat. And yet when I read that for the first time, as I was studying this, I thought to myself, it sure does feel like God's always asleep on me. Am I the only one? Like I read the passage, not as a place of peace, but as a place of angst. Like, really God, you've got to be sleeping now. I need you to wake up. I need you to say something to me. And yeah, you're asleep. When I really need you, you're asleep. It didn't capture my heart the way it did at 1 o'clock last night. Oh, wait, he's in a peaceful place. And yet I'm in this place of angst. And I wish I had the courage that the disciples had that night. Because often I don't. I get angry with God. I turn my back on God. I cry out uh, with revenge to God. But I don't go to wake God up. You see, that's what happens next in the passage. Their angst of the storm, their angst of the crisis says the only one that can help us is asleep. Let's go wake him up and, and, and arouse him to help us. But in my angst, I often say, I'll deal with it. You stay asleep, God. I don't know, am I the only one? All right, God, you stay asleep. You've been asleep my whole life. I'm, I'm being honest. I'm being vulnerable. I'm not saying that's healthy. I, I know that's sin in my heart. But I'm just saying to you as your pastor, there's those moments I'm like, yeah, okay. Sleep away. You could care less. But in their angst and in our angst, we must be driven to the Savior. Like, are we driven to the Savior when life crashes in on us? When it seems like the waves are overwhelming to us, do we look at God and say, you're the only one that can calm the storms? Because that's what the disciples did. And they woke him up and they said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Oftentimes I go to the Lord like that, I'll wake him up and then say to him, really? You, you don't care about me either, do you? It's better off if you just stay asleep. I wake you up and you still don't care. But Jesus woke up. And we'll see his heart for the disciples in this next moment. He woke up and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace. I know that's what I need my Savior Jesus to say to me today. In this chaos, 
in this storm that the waves are still battering. Just because Wednesday happened didn't mean the storm was over yesterday at the funeral. No, the waves are still crashing in, coming here this morning. It was, it's hard to be here for me this morning. It's hard for me to look on that side of the sanctuary for me this morning. Like, I dreaded coming this morning. If I'm honest, fire me if you don't like my honesty this morning. I'm just telling you, it's hard for me to sit here and see an empty spot. For me this morning, the chaos is still happening in me this morning. And I'm still like, why, God, why do you do what you do? It doesn't make sense. It's not fair. It's not you fill in the blank for me this morning. And I need God to say through Jesus this morning, I still am with you in the storm. I'm still here, Todd. I'm still here, Lance. I'm still here with you. And I promise, the passage promises us what? Peace. Then he says this two words, be still. Those two words are, are uh, in, in the, the Greek, means to muzzle. And I don't know, I, I'm terrified of dogs too. So, Well, not my dogs, but your dogs, I'm terrified. I love mine, but th- those dogs out of a leash that like have slobber all over the place, no thank you. And so what, th- th- what that, is that not life sometimes, like a ravaging dog? I mean, I'm just terrified of life sometimes. And what God says in this passage is he brings peace and he muzzles it. Like he is in control of it. He's the one that puts the muzzle on it. Do I this morning believe, do we church believe that God is sovereign and in control of all things and he brings peace and causes things to be still do we believe that and then we'll see that even creation obeys Christ in an instant it says this and the wind ceased and there was a great calm or a great peace Now, it translates a little differently for us, I believe. There's often times that in that moment, God brings instant peace, instant calmness. But here's what most of my life has looked like, that the chaos still happens. Like, life doesn't slow down. The pain doesn't stop. The pain doesn't cease. The pain continues but there's those moments that I can say to God, I need you. I need you to be close to me. I need to know that you are still with me. And then even though the chaos is happening around me, there's still this peace in my heart. That can only happen through Christ Jesus, Emmanuel, that helps me. There's the old line. If God takes us to it, God will take us through it do we believe that god took us to wednesday now we've got to believe that god will take us through the next days weeks months and years and though our pain will never cease we can have confidence that god 
will be the peace in the storm. But it will only happen out of this one place in our lives. The same place that it happened for the disciples that night. Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with what? Great fear or great awe. When we think of great fear, we think that they're trembling backwards. They can't look at them. But what that word means, they had this place of worship on the boat to a holy God. The only thing that will take us to having a peace with God is having a proper understanding of who God is. And it brings us to a place of worship. Our only place to find peace is through worship. Because worship says, I'm not in control, but there is one who is in control. Therefore, I can surrender my whole life to him, and he'll take me through the chaos. But it's going to be a life of worship for us. I think we would all say, Larry did that amazingly. He loved the Lord Jesus and worshiped him daily. He has left us a fine example of what it means to fear the Lord, in the midst of chaos. In the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our pain, we must come to a place this morning. Have you come here with this eager expectation to have the peace of God? Well, the only way to have a peace of God is to worship a holy God. Do we worship the holy God? Because our worship will say to him, you are in control of all things. Can we say this morning, Who then is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Let's turn in closing to Titus. I pray this morning that Titus would be true for us as we eagerly await that's what advent is about this eager expectation is what the word adventus means that we are waiting for something far deeper than we could ever imagine what are we waiting for titus tells us titus chapter 2 verse 13 waiting for our blessed hope or our blessed peace the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who he himself gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. This morning, the question is this. First, do we believe that God is with us? in our storm. Do we believe that, church? And then do we believe that if he's with us in the storm, he's going to guide us through the storm? I don't know how long this storm is going to last, but do we believe he'll guide us through the storm? And as he guides us through the storm, will our response to his guidance be a life of worship as we then eagerly await the anticipation of his final coming to redeem us, to make us whole again, to give all of us peace in our hearts. Do we believe that, church? Do we believe that he is the prince of peace? Do we eagerly await the prince of peace to return? Let us pray.
before I pray this morning, I'm reminded of King Jehoshaphat and the passage I was going to teach in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. The enemies had gathered around him and they began to overcome him. And it says this, Jehoshaphat was afraid, Jehoshaphat was scared, Jehoshaphat had no peace. And yet it says this, he set his face to seek the Lord. And then he called the people of God to seek help from the Lord and to seek God. My challenge to all of us this morning is this. Do you feel the chaos this morning? Are you afraid this morning? Before we end the service this morning, is there anyone in this place this morning that simply just needs to seek the Lord? To seek Him now in the quietness of this building. And when our words be the same as Jehoshaphat, where he says, I am powerless against this great chaos coming against me. I think this next verse is true for all of us. In this moment, in these moments of lack of peace, we do not know what to do, do we? We don't know what to do. That's what Jehoshaphat said. I I don't know what to do. But the thing I do know to do is I will set my eyes on the Lord. In that moment, the Spirit of the Lord came upon the people of God. And God said this to His people, and I pray that God says this to us this morning. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great chaos. For this battle is not yours, but it's God's. Seek Him this morning. Let us set our face to his throne room of grace and mercy and peace and goodness and kindness and love and care. Let this be true as well. Let us stand firm and hold our position so that we can see the salvation of the Lord on our behalf. Do not be afraid this morning and do not be dismayed this morning. For tomorrow, go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Emmanuel. And Jehoshaphat fell and bowed his head before the Lord. And all the people of God fell down before the Lord and worshipped him. The passage ends with God sitting in a great ambush and saving his people. The people of God said this. I pray this would be our prayer this morning. Our way of thanksgiving this morning. 
our declaration to God this morning. Give thanks to the Lord, for His steadfast love endures forever. God, we're in a storm. And we know this to be true as we've walked this earth. There will always be a storm, God. Either you're taking us in one, we're in one, or you're about to take us out of one, right back into another. We know that to be true. So God, the storms will never cease this side of eternity. The pain won't cease. The angst won't cease. But God, we can rest assured that you sent Emmanuel, God with us, the Prince of Peace, to be with us. And he is with us in this moment this morning. He will continue to be with us in these moments. And his words will always ring out. Peace, be still. Peace, be still. Peace like a river. We pray that to be true. We pray, God, and I pray for your people, I pray for myself, that we would continue to seek you through the chaos. You are a good God. You are a righteous God. You are a holy God. You're a compassionate God. You're a loving God. You're a comforting God. Bring us peace as we eagerly await your arrival. Bring ultimate peace. Shalom, completeness, wholeness, oneness. Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace. We pray this in the mighty name of Christ Jesus.